Welcome, everyone. You are listening to Truth in Christ Radio, the Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. And yet they fall on their faces before God. And isn't that the role of an intercessor? Isn't that the role of an intermediary? Isn't that the very heart of Jesus? Even though Moses was getting the business from these men, he still had heart of compassion for them. And that is supernatural, my friends, because that is unnatural. Naturally, natural man wants to kill each other. Supernaturally, will a man get hit in the face and then not return a blow? Today on Truth in Christ, authority is appointed by Almighty God. Hi everyone, and welcome to Truth in Christ Radio. While Pastor Rob continues our study in chapter 11, he takes us back to Numbers chapter 16 to complete this remembrance of God's chastening on the nation of Israel for challenging the authority of Moses given to him by God. Some of those in Moses' congregation opposed his authority and began to rise up against him. As we learn today, God intervened and sent a clear message as to where Moses' authority came from. Let's join Pastor Rob as he takes us back to this historic event. One more verse in 2 Peter chapter 2, beginning in verse 9, it says this, The Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment, and especially those who walk according to the flesh and the lust of uncleanness, and here it is, despise authority. They despise authority. And we are living in those days where people despise authority. They despise government. They despise anything that's ruling over them, especially even a boss at work. Well, I can do a better job. They don't know my job like I know it. I know the people who are calling us, and this guy has no clue of what he's talking about. He's just sitting behind a desk, and we get this attitude, and then we start um, complaining and bickering, and then we start gathering people around us, and it just becomes this nice, wonderful mob. And before you know, there's people out picketing because we're discontent with authority, because we think that we always know best. Everybody thinks that they know best. And the fact of the matter is, we really don't know what's best. Sometimes I think the greatest thing of, the, the greatest work of faith in our lives is being obedient when it doesn't make sense. Because it doesn't always make sense to be obedient. Think of how many things God had asked the children of Israel to do. Think of how many things he had the prophets do that made no sense in the natural. It made no sense to them. Why would he have Ezekiel lie on his side for a hundred and some days and then flip on his other side and then build a little model of Jerusalem? Why would he cause them to do these certain things and, and, and maybe God not revealing all the implications of it, but yet they were obedient. They, 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 they listened 
and they didn't despise authority. They just submitted to it. To me, that's one of the great leaders. Uh, a great leader is someone who can be obedient and not ask all the questions. It's not wrong to ask a question. You know, my daughter will say, well, why? I'll tell her, honey, we need to do this. I need you to do this. Well, why? Why can't I do that? And sometimes, if I can, I'll give her an answer. Sometimes I don't have an answer, but she should do the, it anyway, right? And to me, <laughs> I'm glad she's not here tonight, but um, not to embarrass her because I was the same way, and so were you. Your parents would say one thing and you'd do another. And we would think we knew best, and we just continued, but we despised it. We despised it. And he, he goes on, and he goes, They despise authority. They are presumptuous and self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries, of glories, of anyone who is in a, in a, in a, in a place of authority. Whereas angels who are greater in power and might, they don't even bring a railing accusation against them before the Lord. Here the angels are, you know, created beings, and they are not even bringing a railing accusation against authorities to God. The powers that be are ordered by God. Isn't that what it says in Romans 13? And will you be afraid of that power? We better submit to that power that God has placed in our life. And especially when it doesn't cause us to uh, go against the word of God, we may not like it. We may not feel good about it. We may be giving our tax dollars to uh, causes and things that we don't like, but that, 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 that's, that's the Lord's business. He says, give tribute to tribute. Tax to whom tax? Give it to them. I've placed them over you, and they're going to have to answer one day what they do with that, right? But we need to submit. Turn with me to Numbers chapter 16. We're going to read this uh, what Moses was sharing here. And again, I'm cherry-picking this specific event out because of where we are at in our country and where we are at in society. And just the, the fact that um, as we look around, again, we just see the rebellion of man. And my, my mom and my brother, they're police officers down in Florida. I've said this before, my mom's retired now. But she spent many years in the sheriff's department, on the road, and in the bailiff's division, in the courtrooms. My brother is a major. He's got the whole road division underneath him in Lee County there. And, you know, just talking to them, it's amazing to, to see and to hear stories that they tell me that happen every day. I've heard them so many times in different stories, not even the same thing. Just there's so many to choose from. But they'll, they'll mention how they'll pull somebody over just for a traffic ticket. They'll just pull someone over for a traffic ticket. They'll get up to the door. They haven't even spoken a word yet. And the person's rolling down their window yelling obscenities at them and, and, and saying all kinds of nasty things. You know, and it, it's just like, you know, I haven't even opened my mouth yet, and yet they're already in my face. There, there, there's no fear. There's no, there's no fear of anything uh, for these people, you know, and it's a shame. It's a shame. And they grew up probably in houses where authority wasn't um, stressed, and that's why it behooves us to encourage our kids, our grandkids, to respect authority, to respect their elders. It sounds like an old-fashioned thing, but it's biblical. You know, I even have a, you know, when I talk to people older than I am, sometimes I'll still say ma'am or sir, you know. And I may be their pastor, but because I, they're older than me and they've got more years under their belt and I respect them, I'll even say sir or ma'am, you know, and I, that's just the way I was brought up. My mom would, I think I can say this, 
if I despised or rejected authority or was it my mom would give me the right hand of fellowship. Yeah. Yeah, a little harder than that, though. <laughs> but let's turn to number 16. And again, we're just going to read through this, but I think you'll see in this a, a, a clear picture of what we're experiencing today. And even in our own hearts, if we're not careful, we can find ourselves being like this if we're not letting the Spirit of God govern us. It says, Numbers chapter 16, verse 1, it says, Now Korah, the son of Izhar, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, with Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, and on the son of Peleth, sons of Reuben, they took men, and they rose up before Moses with some of the children of Israel, 250 leaders of the congregation, representatives of the congregation, men of renown. They gathered together against Moses and Aaron. Notice that. They gathered against them, and they said to them, you take too much upon yourselves, for all the congregation is holy. In other words, you guys, what makes you holier than thou? That's really what they're saying. You know, you know better than us. You're just flesh and blood. Hey, that's true. Guess what? Newsflash. It is. It's true. Do you think Moses and Aaron were, and did, did, did they glow? I mean, Moses did glow when he came down the mountain, but I mean, he didn't glow all of his life. So they said, you take too much upon yourselves, for all the congregation is holy, even every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Why then do you exalt yourselves above the assembly of the Lord? Is that really what happened? Hmm, that's interesting. So when Moses heard it, he fell on his face, and he spoke to Korah and all his company. Korah was of the Levites, the family of Levites, and all his company, saying, tomorrow morning the Lord will show you who is his and who is holy, and will cause him to come near to him, that one that the one whom he chooses, he will cause to come near to him. So do this. Take censers, Korah, and all your company, put fire in them, and put incense in them before the Lord tomorrow, and it shall be that the man whom the Lord chooses is the Holy One. And you take too much upon yourselves, you sons of Levi. So now Moses puts it back in their lap. You're the ones who are putting too much on yourselves. If God, In other words, God has called me to do this, right? He's saying that. Moses is saying that about himself. God called my brother and I, specifically by name. He didn't call you by name. He called us by name. We're no different than you, but our role is different, right? Hmm. Verse 8, Then Moses said to Korah, Hear now, you sons of Levi. It is a small thing for you that that the God of Israel has separated you from the congregation of Israel to bring you near to himself, to do the work of the tabernacle of the Lord, and to stand before the congregation to serve him. And that he has brought you near to himself, you and all your brethren, the sons of Levi, with you. Are you not? Are you? Are you seeking the priesthood also? In other words, you guys are um, to take care of the things of the tabernacle. Now you want to be the priest as well. You want to take on uh, this this role on yourselves. Believe me, if God has not called you to it, you're going to die. You're going to be the most miserable person in the world if you do something that God has not called you to do. Consequently, or alternately, if you do what God has called you to do, you will be the most blessed and happy person on the earth. I'm convinced of that. And I'm living it right now. I didn't seek this role that I've got out now. I didn't seek it myself. I think it's something that was kind of revealed to me as time went on, and then it was just dropped in my lap, and God says, all right, that's it. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) And you know what? I've got to be honest. I'm the most blessed person in the world because I get to do, I get to read and study and pray for all of you, and I get to do it myself, and I am like a kid in a candy store. Honestly, I'm learning and growing, and so are you, 
And I'm just so excited. But you know what? I didn't call myself to it. God called me. And God has called you. And so he's looking at these guys and he's saying, why are you looking at me? And they're saying, well, you put yourself in this position. You're, you know, you're doing all this and you, you know, and he's just saying, no, God has called me. So he said, um, is it a small thing to you that the Lord God of Israel separated you from the congregation of Israel to bring you near to himself, to do the work of the tabernacle of the Lord, and to stand before the congregation to serve them, and that he has brought you near to himself, and you and all your brethren, the sons of Levi, with you? Are you seeking the priesthood also? Therefore, you and all your company are gathered together against the Lord. You're gathered against the Lord. And what is Aaron that you complain against him? And Moses sent and called Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, but they said, we will not come up. It is a small thing that you have brought us up out of a land. And here they're speaking to him. It's a small thing that you have brought us up out of a land flowing with milk and honey to kill us in the wilderness. Really? Is God going to bring you out of a place of bondage and then bring you into a further, you know, just to bring you out of that only to kill you? Boy, that's a God I want to serve. Don't you want to serve a God like that? Yeah, things are getting really bad now. <laughs> Wait till tomorrow. I'm going to crush you into a bunch of small pieces. No, that's not what he did. It's not, what, it's not his heart. He wants to take you from a place of corruption, and he wants, to, he wants to sanctify you. He wants to bless you. He wants to bless your life, that your life would be a blessing. So they said, we will not come up. It's a small thing that you have brought us up out of a land flowing with milk and honey to kill us in the wilderness, that you should keep acting like a prince over us. Isn't it amazing? The accusations there, very subtly. Moreover, verse 14, you have not brought us into a land flowing with milk and honey, nor given us inheritance of fields and vineyards. You haven't done any of this yet. Will you put out the eyes of these men? We shall not come up. And then Moses was very angry, and he said to the Lord, do not respect their offering. I have not taken one donkey from them, nor have I hurt any of them. And Moses said to Korah, Tomorrow you and all your company be present before the Lord, you and they, as well as Aaron, and let each take his censer and put incense in it. And each of you shall bring his censer before the Lord, 250 censers, both you and Aaron, each with his censer. So every man took his censer, put fire in it, laid incense on it, stood at the door of the tabernacle of meeting with Moses and Aaron, and Korah gathered all the congregation against them at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. Boy, this is a showdown at the OK Corral. There's a showdown here. I mean, this is, this is like the stuff of reality TV. You think the Bible's boring? No, put your mind around this. This is huge. This is a big rebellion. It's coming down to a head, and look what's going to happen. It says, and then the Lord, uh, and Korah gathered all the congregation against them at the door of the meeting, tabernacle of meeting. Then, notice, the glory of the Lord appeared to all the congregation. And the Lord spoke to Aaron and Moses, saying, Separate yourselves from among the, this congregation, that I may consume them in a moment. Wow. Then they fell on their faces. Notice, Moses and Aaron, they fell on their faces. And notice what they said. O God, the God of spirits of all flesh, shall one man sin and you be angry with all the congregation? And so the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the congregation, saying, Get away from the tents of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. You know, my heart is so unlike Moses, I think, at times. And maybe you can relate. Somebody is getting on your case, and God says, uh, step away about six feet to your left because I'm going to put a hole in the earth right here where they're standing. And sometimes I've got the heart going, yeah, I'll do that. In fact, I'll stand 12 feet away and you can make a bigger hole. All right? That's, that's my rotten heart. I can, I can get that way, right? 
and yet they fall on their faces before God. And isn't that the role of an intercessor? Isn't that the role of an intermediary? Isn't that the very heart of Jesus? Even though Moses was getting the business from these men, he still had heart of compassion for them. And that is supernatural, my friends, because that is unnatural. Naturally, natural man wants to kill each other. Supernaturally, will a man get hit in the face and then not return a blow? That's a supernatural thing. That's a God thing. So then Moses, verse 25, he arose and he went to Datham and Abiram, and the elders of Israel followed him, and he spoke to the congregation, saying, Depart now from the tents of these wicked men. Touch nothing of theirs, lest you be consumed in all their sins. Now, can you imagine this? In the wilderness, things like this happen, where there was a showdown and God did great miraculous things. You think that they would remember the things that had happened before, the, the, the water out of the rock, the parting of the Red Sea. And now when God says he's going to do something, are they going to stand there? <laughs> Not going to happen. No, it's going to happen. But notice the heart. They're just obstinate. They're, they're, they're set in their ways, and they are so angry, and they're like, we can do it better. We should be the ones in control. We should be the ones in power. They've done nothing. They're no different than us. I can do a better job. I'm more anointed. Blah, blah, blah. I blah, blah, blah. And they can say whatever they want, right? So... He says, depart from the tents of these wicked men. Touch nothing of theirs, lest you be consumed in all their sins. So they got away from around the tents of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. And Dathan and Abiram came out and stood at the door of their tents. Now notice, this is the sad thing. With their wives, their sons, and their little children. Notice. You remember Achan in Judges? Or I'm sorry, uh, uh, Joshua chapter 7? Remember Achan when he stole the, the bar of gold or the, and the Babylonian garment? And what happened? His whole family perished as a result of that man's sin. And it was God's grace. God wasn't even going to let those little ones continue in the rebellion of, of, of what they saw their parents do. I believe when they died, they went to heaven, those kids. That's my own conviction. But Achan, I'm not so sure about that. But notice with their wives, their sons, and their little children. And Moses said, By this you shall know that the Lord has sent me to do all these works, for I have not done them of my own will. If these men die naturally like all men, in other words, if they just die of old age, or if they are visited by the common fate of all men, then the Lord has not sent me. But if the Lord creates a new thing, if he's doing what he's doing right now, and he's put me as a leader over this people, he's saying, and the earth opens its mouth and swallows them up with all that belongs to him, and they go down alive into the pit, then you will understand that these men have rejected the Lord. Now it came to pass as he finished speaking all these words, the grounds split apart underneath them. This is... An incredible, incredible scene. Everyone is backed away from them. There they are together, all those who have rebelled, and the ground opens up underneath them. And the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up, and all their households, and all the men with Korah, with all their goods. So they and all those with them went down alive into the pit, and the earth closed over them. And they perished from among the assembly. And then all Israel who were around them fled at their cry, for they said, lest the earth swallow us up also. They were so shaken by this. And wouldn't you be shaken? Is it easy to see somebody perish like this? And you may think to yourself, well, God is just a mean, cruel God. How could he do such a horrible thing? Well, God is a holy God. And God won't stand for rebellion. And he's teaching them a lesson. And the lesson is for everyone else to see. 
You know, that's why we are to walk circumspectly. Because everywhere we go, everything we do, people are watching. And the things that we do, people are watching. And how great will our ambassadorship be? Will we be an ambassador who encourages people to godliness, to good things, to good things, to say right things, to have right hearts? Or are we going to be the opposite? What kind of witness are you at the workplace? What kind of a witness are you at the home when you come home from work? It's been said that some of the, the greatest preachers in the world were some of the most dynamic men, and yet they went home and they were terrors to their family. <laughs> they were terrors. And a fire came out from the Lord and consumed the 250 men who were offering incense. And, you know, the thing is, is the reason I brought this up is because these men forgot that it wasn't Moses and Aaron who set themselves up. They weren't the ones who said, we are the most attractive. We are the tallest. We've got the most money. We have the best speaking ability. We have the best vocabulary. We have the best pedigrees. We have the best college degrees. We all came from Harvard and Oxford and Princeton and Yale. We've come from the Ivy League. We're beautiful. We're wealthy, well-spoken, well-respected. No, none of that. God chose them, and that was it. God sometimes chooses the foolish things to confound the wise. There'll be no boasting then. But there will always be challenges to authority, and we see it in that in number 16, what we just read, and there will always be challenges to authority. In every facet of our society, we see it. There is always someone who thinks they deserve to be the head and not the tail, and that their opinion is better, and that they could do a better job. And you know what? Sometimes they can. Sometimes they could do a better job. Sometimes they might be able to get to the end in a better way. But the ends never justify the means. That's something that we must always remember. The ends never justify the means. God is interested in the process and in the person that he wants to use to do whatever it is. Somebody else could do it better. Somebody else could do it um, more flamboyantly. (laughs) Somebody could do it, but God is not more, he's not concerned about any of that. He would much rather use the person that he has chosen to do it. He gets the glory, and the vessel doesn't boast in it because they know they're nothing. But you get somebody who's got a Princeton degree. And I've got nothing against degree. I've got a degree myself. But I don't hold anything to that. There's nothing that that degree gave to me. All that degree did was get me up here. (laughs) I'm not kidding. My degree got me up to the Eastman School of Music where God was going to do something in me. I had no clue at the time. Had no idea what he was doing. It was all bait to get me up here. (laughs) And there is nothing the devil hates more than a person, a man, a woman whom God has chosen. The devil hates it. The devil hates it, and so will everybody else around you, and there will always be challenges to your authority. Verse 8, he says, Therefore you shall keep every commandment which I command you today, that you may be strong and go in and possess the land which you cross over to possess, and that you may prolong your days in the land which the Lord swore to give to your fathers. These were promises that God had given to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, and to others after them, to them and their descendants, a land flowing with milk and honey. For the land which you go to possess, he's saying to them, the land which you go to possess is not like the land of Egypt where which you have come from, because there you sowed your seed and you watered it by foot. It was like a vegetable garden. Easy to do. But the land which you go over to possess, verse 11, is a land of hills and valleys, very different topographically. 
which drinks water from the rain of heaven, a land for which the Lord your God cares. The eyes of the Lord your God are always upon it. From the beginning of the year to the very end of the year, you know, God loves... Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of Deuteronomy. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited format, Simply mention today's date when contacting our church office for ordering details. And that number again is 585-586-3140. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, ministry and contact information, our location, and service times, and much more. You can even download the radio and sanctuary messages in MP3 format free of charge from the resources link. You can also listen to these messages on your mobile device by going to Calvary Chapel of Rochester on Google Play or Apple Podcast. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.